look who's coming up. edition another episode the midweek episode uh, the hump day episode of ultimate fantasy sports daily great to have you uh, on board live from the marsh just outside of edmonton my name is dean millard thank you so much uh, for being a part of the show today uh, if you're new to the show welcome and uh, chime in on the uh, twitch message chat board and let me know where it is that you're watching from. Also, I just put up a poll question at the uh, top of the chat board, or the chat stream. Uh, where, who will Aaron, Aaron Judge break Roger Maris's home run record against? You can have a vote and have your say in the chat portion of Twitch. Man, we got a lot going on on this show today. Uh, we're going to be joined by a guy that I consider one of the nicest hockey players I have ever met. Nicest athletes, nicest people I have ever met. Detroit Red Wing defenseman Mark Pesic is going to be our guest. Uh, first ever draft pick, by the way, of the Edmonton Oil Kings. And signed this year. He's former captain of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, led them to a Memorial Cup, uh, not a title, but to the tournament in 2012, his final year. Also, Tom Gazzola from TSN 1260. This is the guy who is now on the postgame show, which I used to do. So uh, we'll get Tom's thoughts about uh, the Oilers, and he uh, is a well-rounded uh, sports fellow. Also, uh, some pretty good hair as well. If you're into good hair, I know there was a comment about my hair the other day. If you are uh, into uh, hair... You're going to love, you're going to love Tom Gazzola. Larry says, great show lined up today, especially for hockey fans. Rod Peterson joining us again. Hello, what are we talking about today? Well, it's interesting, Rod. uh, Your comment about Connor Bedard uh, got a lot of people talking the other day. Our poll question yesterday was, should the Pats trade Connor Bedard or should they load up? And uh, it was, uh, it was really, really close. I got the results here the poll question finished uh trade him for future assets just 54.2 percent so obviously a big topic of conversation not just in Regina in the hockey world especially in western Canada so barely uh more than half of the people thought that they should trade Connor Bedard and I am in agreement Uh, they should have been like I said yesterday they should have been contending with Edmonton and Winnipeg last year Unfortunately, they didn't. Also, we will get to our Dauber Hockey preview. And uh, today, 
Yes, it is the Edmonton Oilers. So good time to have Tom Gazzola on as well. And this breaking news is huge for fantasy hockey fans because the void left by Roto World slash NBC Edge has been filled when it comes to NHL player news feed. Breaking news from Dauber Hockey. You can now get your fantasy hockey player news. Frozenpool.daubersports.com. There's the link. You can go to their Twitter handle, bookmark it. Use it. Look at here's some of the examples that you'll be able to get. Jake McCabe, Shane Pinto from various injuries. This is a huge concern for fantasy hockey players out there that there was not going to be this source anymore. And who steps up? None other than Dauber Hockey, one of our partners. Absolutely love it. Uh, check out the Dauber Hockey fantasy preview at dauberhockey.com. We might be able to give one of those away today, possibly as well. We'll see about that. But Great news, uh, Dauber Hockey filling a void. Uh, so, fantasy hockey fans rejoice. Stoonzy joining us, uh, first time chatter. How are we doing, Stoonzy? Good to have you aboard. Thanks very much uh, for joining us here on the program. So, a little bit of great breaking news when it comes to. Uh, fantasy hockey, because certainly uh, there was a void left by that no more daily. And, you know, when you're in a daily league, especially one as competitive as the ones that we run, we run at UFFS, you need up to the second, up to the minute, right before lineups are announced, and, and that's what you'll get with Dauber Hockey. All right, uh, a uh, video preview to our question of the day. That one's driven out into right center field. On the run for Dugo. That ball is gone. Home run number 56. And the game is tied at three. Uh, Aaron Judge getting it done, carrying the Yankees to the playoffs. And I apologize, I had my uh, mic muted. This is what happens when you are our producer, host, and director, is the director sometimes forgets. So Judge is now four away. The record, the Yankees' next four, or next opponents, Red Sox tonight, three versus the Brewers Friday, Two versus the Pirates Tuesday, four versus the Red Sox, then three versus the Blue Jays. How soon and against who does Aaron Judge break this Maris record? Four away from tying, five away from breaking it, and you can vote 
on the poll question, 67% now saying the Toronto Blue Jays. So that's interesting. That means people think that it will take Aaron Judge at least six, 10 games. You don't think he's going to hit five home runs in the next 10 games? I think it's going to happen against the, the Pirates or the Brewers. Like, I, I honestly think he might wrap it up before the weekend. The guy is just, I don't know why teams are pitching. He got one intentional walk last night, but teams are pitching to him for whatever reason. So chime in on the uh, Twitch channel. When and against who does Aaron Judge break Roger Maris's record? It's 61. And of, and of course, nobody is talking about breaking the other records in the National League. And I, I heard somebody the other day, they were like, how come nobody's talking about it? Well, because it's because he plays in the American League, and it's an American League record. And the bigger reason, probably, is that it's not tainted. So... It'd be nice if somebody took a run at the other ones, the National League, the Sosa, Maguire, the Bonds. Not sure. Something will have to probably be juiced for that, either the balls or the players, unfortunately. So that's the question of the day. Would love uh, to get your thoughts on that as we move along. All right, uh, let's get to the top three now, and we're looking at fantasy football. Waiver wire pickups going into week number two. Uh, Certainly a guy like Matt Ryan can help some people that had Dak. Only 34% rostered when it comes to quarterbacks, and he wasn't awesome uh, for the Colts in their debut by any means, but Matt Ryan is... Like, you, you kind of know what you should be getting with Matt Ryan. If you've, if you've had any kind of experience in fantasy football. He wasn't awful. Had some potential. 50 passes against Houston. So, completed 32 of them. So, you were going to definitely get some... Uh, some completions. Also had 352 yards of touchdown. Did have one interception. 16.3 points. He's going to improve on that. They are not going to shy away from the ball. Even with Jonathan Taylor eating up 31 carries. Uh, they're going to be trailing in games. They're going to be throwing the ball. Yes, he's 37. He's not in sync yet. The interception that he threw was terrible. But there is... Oh, there is a high ceiling here, especially if you lost Dak Prescott over the weekend. Michael Pittman, 121 yards and a touchdown. He's going to be the number one guy. The rest of them are all going to develop. So if the wide out chemistry is there, Matt Ryan is a nice waiver wire pickup. Like I said, especially for those that lost Dak Prescott over the weekend. Jarvis Landry. Receiver with the Saints, uh, 50% of rosters. He had seven catches on nine targets for 40 yards uh, and a win over the Falcons. And Jameis Winston loved him. Looked like he was going at him a lot. He's a veteran. Uh, and, you know, obviously you're, you're not 
grabbing a waiver wire other than the case where you have an injury replacement to a quarterback. But this is a guy who could be, uh, you know, a, a decent depth receiver on your franchise. And, you know, watch that chemistry with Jameis Winston. Landy's produced, he was, you know, when he was in Miami, he produced. Um, he's never been, you know, less than probably a, a wide receiver three and obviously in uh, PPR formats. And he's, you know, been fairly durable. So he's not a wide receiver one. He's probably more like a wide receiver three that can maybe bump into a number two spot. But still a decent pickup depending on what happened. Uh, And then you look at a guy like Jeff Wilson Jr., just 12% of rosters, 22 yards in that loss to Chicago. uh, That field was just in terrible, terrible condition. Uh, Elijah Mitchell was left early to an E injury. And that means Wilson Jr. saw an increase. The weather was terrible. Uh, Mitchell missing week number two puts Wilson into a running back two spot. And it's a home matchup against the uh, not very, uh, although the Seahawks won in week one. So there's three guys that uh, looking at as far as waiver wire picks up pickups in week number one. Would love to hear your thoughts on who you're looking at. Who are you scouring the waivers for in week number two after some injuries that uh, piled up, unfortunately, in the first week? And uh, speaking of injuries, they're already starting. Um, This is coming out uh, just moments ago, before we went on the show. From Adam Schefter, Keenan Allen. Out for the Chargers against the Chiefs tomorrow night. It's a hamstring injury. Four catches, 66 yards before leaving in uh, week number one. Uh, Mike Williams and Joshua Palmer become important starts tomorrow for fantasy and obviously for the Chargers. Uh, But if you have those guys in fantasy, uh, bump them up in your value. And uh, Jalen Guten and DeAndre Carter are other guys that could see some more playing time if you're one of those guys or fantasy girls that likes to load up on uh, teams that you think are going to be able to load up uh, then certainly uh, a few options for you there but I'm sure uh, depending on the injury situation you could have some better options as for some predictions when it comes to quarterbacks in week number two and obviously, this is, uh, you know, basing things off of uh, what happened in uh, the first week. But Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, not surprisingly, the lead quarterback when it comes to fantasy. They'll take on Tennessee at Buffalo. 27.2 fantasy points predicted by CBS. Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs, 25.4 fantasy points versus Uh, The Chargers. Matt Stafford of the Rams was not great on Monday night. Uh, Should be much better on Sunday against Atlanta. 24.8 fantasy points uh, predicted uh, for Matt Stafford and the defending champions. Uh, And then you move down to Jalen Hurts of the Eagles, a guy who gets it done with his feet like some of these other quarterbacks. 23.8 fantasy points. I'm really hoping Jalen Hurts can get it done because he is my, that's my quarterback. He's my fantasy quarterback. And Russell Wilson of the Broncos, who didn't get a chance to finish the game on Monday. Child, please. Unbelievable. 
Still coming in as a top five quarterback predicted by CBS this week, 23.4 fantasy points. What do you think of this list? Is there somebody else? Andy Mack joining us. Good looking show today, he says. Andy Mack, head of football for UFAFL. What are your thoughts on this quarterback list? Predicted by CBS. I'm still in shock uh, about what happened yesterday with the... Russell Wilson. Mind-blowing stuff. Um, One more NFL note. Uh, Joe Flacco will be starting for the Jets, according to a report, uh, versus the Browns this weekend. Sorry about your luck if Joe Flacco is your fantasy quarterback. Thanks for your donation to your fantasy team. Not terrible. 307 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. But he was sacked three times because of a bad O-line. Mike White is the backup. He started three games last year, including an upset win over the Browns. So, who knows? There, there's people going to be clamoring for Mike White uh, over the weekend if, uh, you know, maybe on Saturday, or especially if Joe Flacco gets off to a rough, rough start indeed. All right, we're going to switch from... Foosball, as they said in uh, The Waterboy. Uh, we're going to talk a little puck when we come back. A little hockey. Uh, the guy who used to wear that Oil King jersey is going to join us when we return. NHL defenseman Mark Pesek of the Detroit Red Wings is going to join us when we come back. Uh, really excited to uh, chat with Mark. The first ever draft pick of the Edmonton Oil Kings. That is is coming up in just about uh, 45 seconds to a minute. I'll get Mark set up, and we will be right back. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on twitch.tv slash Sports, the UFSN YouTube channel, and the UFSN Podcast Network. Uh, 420 in the east, 220 in uh, the mountain time zone uh, where I am located. Thanks very much for joining me 
on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. My name is Dean Millard. We're here Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. till 6 p.m. Eastern, and lots of really great fantasy programming and just general sports talk programming on the way, especially we get into the hockey season. We have Ultimate Fantasy Football on Sunday mornings with Andy McNamara, 11 a.m. Eastern, to get you set and get your lineups ready. UFHL Now will return on Wednesdays. Inside UFLB, likely on Friday this week, and some other great programming to come as well. Uh, but right now, I want to bring in our uh, first guest of the day. Uh, he is the first ever draft pick of the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings and now a member of uh, the Detroit Red Wings after a great NHL career that will continue. Mark Pesek is my guest today. Mark, it's uh, great to chat with you again. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks. How are you? I am awesome. Uh, it's uh, it's great to catch up with you uh, once again. Um you know, I know we met uh, a long time ago in a cold barn in Ardrossan when we made you the Global Sports Athlete of the Week a long time yeah. ago, so it's been a while. But I guess maybe just give us an update on where you are. I know you signed in Detroit, um, but uh, a bit of an injury. How's the recovery? And, and take us through what happened. Yeah, it's going uh, It's going well. It was a couple of days after uh, after signing, actually. Went to the gym, uh, working out, and, yeah, tore my Achilles tendon. Um it was the next morning, but I thought I just rolled it, uh, and then a couple of days later, surgery. But um, things are going well. I'm slowly getting out of that walking boot that I'm sure everybody knows and has a a bad memory of. So I'm excited to get rid of that and throw that in the garbage. But uh, it's going well down here in Detroit now. Um, get to know the guys, the staff. It's been uh, it's been a fun couple of weeks so far down here. And and I, that, that's so frustrating for anybody, but especially somebody who's active or an athletic and a professional athlete to just have to sit around and, and wait and let it heal. Is this, you know, kind of the, the, the frustrating part of that is the waiting game? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's getting better. I can move around a little bit now. Um, but yeah, in the gym, I can't move. I got two small kids at home that I can't <laughs> run around and chase. Uh, that's been pretty frustrating too, but um, it's just it's something that happens. Uh, obviously, obviously, bad luck. I went from being on top of the world, you know, signing with the Detroit Red Wings. Um, we were super excited, pumped up, and then, uh, you know, a short couple of days later, it's four to six months on the shelf. So it was a roller coaster for sure, but it's coming around. Yeah, and you know, especially when you're you're joining a new team, as you said, you're you're there in Detroit, getting used to it, and uh, this is a, a, a an exciting situation, I think, in Detroit. I think what Steve Eiserman has done, there's a really great mix of veterans, guys like yourself, and then some really up and coming young players. You have to be excited to be able to get in there and see what this team can actually do this year. Absolutely. I think it's uh, it's very exciting right now. Uh, there's a little bit of a buzz. Uh, I'm not sure what it was like the last, uh, you know, the last couple of years here. I have absolutely no idea. But being around the room now, talking to the guys, there's a level of excitement, which I'm sure, you know, every team is. But um, the guys that have been here before, they're, they can feel that excitement and anticipation of the season. And, and hopefully they can get off to a good start. And then, uh, you know, whenever I'm back, hopefully I can uh, help out whatever I can. Well, and, and I think, uh, you know, what you bring and what you've always brought to any team that I've watched is, uh, you know, a steady, calm, veteran presence. You know, even when you were a young player, you seemed like a, a veteran kind of beyond your years. And so do you look at this now where you are in your career going in there and, and being a kind of a, a bit of a mentor and, you know, helping these young guys while also trying to help, you know, obviously win a Stanley Cup at some point? 
Um, yeah, we were, uh, I was talking to a few of the other guys, like we're 30 years old now. Um, <laughs> the older guys in the locker room, which you think will never happen. Um, but yeah, I think just, just the way you said, I've kind of been the same way my whole life, calm, try to stay calm. And, um, last year in Buffalo, there was a lot of young guys, um, that, that it was fun to work with and fun to be around. So, um, you know, whatever that looks like, uh, as a leadership kind of doing whatever you do day in, day out, uh, the young guys will see that, but, um, there's a lot of, a lot of young talent here that, uh, is well on their way to, you know, being their own and doing their own thing. Yeah, no kidding. It's uh, it, it's going to be so fun to see guys like Cider and, and Raymond and, and everybody growing up w- with this team. Um, the excitement is there. What about the excitement of playing for an original six team? I mean, you know, Buffalo certainly is a, a strong hockey market, and obviously Dallas is growing. Uh, they have a Stanley Cup championship there. Florida is, is growing. The team is good. But now you really are in a hockey market. It, you know, it's, it's a true original six market, similar to what like a Canadian market might be a little bit. What's the excitement or the anticipation for that like? Yeah, that was one of the things as well. Um, you know, signing with the Red Wings is, is insanely cool. Um, and then just from the first day you walk into that arena, you see jerseys on the wall. There's plaques of the guys that played there. It's the names. You go down the list of, you know, the greats that have played here. Um, and that's definitely something cool. It's going to be uh, whenever, the, whenever it comes, putting the, that jersey on is going to be really cool. Uh, go. I want to go back to the to your time in uh, Florida. This is a team and a franchise, obviously that that you saw up close and personal. That is really exciting. Some changes this year, but you know, what was it like being on that team that was really you know on the way up, on the cusp of of, and they're on the cusp of greatness. What do you expect from that Panthers team? Yeah, good team. Uh, great team. Obviously, last year I think they're they're definitely going to take off or pick up from where they left off. Um, and yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit for that team. They got uh, a lot of the, a lot of good pieces. They obviously lost uh, Hubert Owen Uyghur, but um, I think there's a vision down there that, uh, that the GM has. And uh, when, when we were there, it was awesome. Um, you know, we made a lot of good lifelong friends there. I was there for, for four years. Uh, those were a lot of fun for us. And, um, yeah, it's it, it's exciting. I'm sure, like I said, there's anticipation, excitement going into the year, and I'm sure that's the same in, in 32 NHL mm. locker rooms right now. Yeah, and for Jonathan Huberdeau and, and Uyghur, they're coming out west now, uh, close to your backyard. So, you know, what what do you, what do you think for Huberdeau out west? Have you Did you have a chance to chat with him at all about uh, the trade and wish him any kind of luck like that? Uh, a little bit. Just texted him, told him good luck. Um, he's from Montreal so he knows the cold but he is I'm sure a lot more accustomed to the warmth so that'll be it'll be funny seeing him drive his his Ferrari in Calgary (laughs) I'm not sure he's gonna do but um no he they're gonna enjoy it Uh, I think playing in Canada I think they'll both uh they'll both really do a good job and I think the the city and the fans there will absolutely love the both of them uh, what about yourself? Um, thoughts about ever playing in Canadian cities? Have you come close to, uh, you know, signing with a, a Canadian market and, you know, you have some years left? Is it something that you ever thought? I don't know if, you know, coming back home would be something, but just a, a, how close have you ever been to signing with a Canadian market? Um, not that close, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been fortunate that there hasn't been too much uh too much waiting around on free agency days or anything like that so we kind of jumped uh 
and obviously Detroit uh, this summer it came up, so we jumped on that. That's an exciting one, and uh, I'm here right now. And you know what? If I could stay here and and finish my career here, I think that would be that's the that's a priority right now. Stay in one spot, and mm-hmm. um, who knows what future holds though. Yeah, well, especially, you know, you have a young family, as I mentioned. I know family is so important. I had a chance to spend time with your family when I was uh, at Global. We did a bunch of stories at, at your house. And, and I wonder how becoming a father has sort of changed you. I, I hear this all the time. Guys in the NHL, when they have kids, they, they certainly start looking at their careers a little different than it was just than when it was just themselves. So how has maybe having a family uh, changed you, um, you know, as a, as obviously as a person, but your approach to hockey and being an athlete uh it's for sure i mean all the stuff we packed over from buffalo um just in the last two weeks my wife has been just unpacking boxes from the minute she wakes up till the minute she goes to bed um so moving around every year is obviously not ideal but we're still in the in the young phase where they're not uh they're not at grade school yet so um we can move around a little bit but that's uh quickly approaching so who knows what that'll help with that'll influence, uh, you know, with where we're playing, but, um, yeah, I mean, you're playing for something else. Kids are the absolute best thing in the world. Um, I certainly want to play long enough till they both understand kind of, you know, how cool it is to be around the NHL and didn't be playing hockey for a job. So that's definitely some motivation to, you know, extend my career as long as possible. Oh, I absolutely love that. Uh, Nick TVIP is joining us on Twitch, and he says, enjoyed watching Mr. Pesek in Victoria against the Royals uh, years ago. Uh, you guys had some crazy road trips uh, with those Edmonton Oil Kings on, and some of those bus trips. Uh, you know, going across the ferry is one thing, but those bus trips into the BC territory were pretty wild, weren't they? Oh, yeah. When you're going through the mountains or coming home and it's icy, and you hear the rumble strips and you wake up and you feel like you're sliding. Uh, the bus drivers do a fantastic job. That is not easy. And, uh, you know, thinking all the miles you put in on the bus, uh, it, it's a lot. But uh, that's some of the most fun you have. Yeah, you, you really do bond on the bus. Um, you know, a little bit different in the NHL. You're on planes, but that's where teams come together. Uh, road trips, spending time. You're not going to your own houses. You're all together. It really is whatever team you're on, the road trip really forms that bond, doesn't it? It's not just a cliche. No, absolutely. Um, and, you know, with with teams that are a little bit older, everybody has families they want to get home to, and um, you, you can't blame guys for that. But when you're on the road and – uh, everybody's going out for dinners, grabbing drinks, doing whatever. Uh, that's exactly right. It's, uh, that's where you form those bonds. And on uh, sort of younger teams, it's a lot more exciting and fun. And um, yeah, hopefully it'll be a lot of fun this year. Yeah, and, and interesting to see yourself go from one of those kind of younger guys to being the, the veterans. And for me to to watch it happen, it's it's really cool to see you become that veteran presence. Um, uh, another way teams bond is through fantasy sports. And I know you're not a huge fantasy yeah. sports guy, but there it's it's pretty big in, in locker rooms. You know, who are some of the guys that take it pretty seriously that, that you've played with? And do you just stay away from it? You're just, you just, you're not into it. You're too busy or what's the, what's the deal with fantasy? No, I'm in the league this year. Oh, good. Um, the football, the fantasy football league. We got 14 guys, which is uncharted territory for me. So I have a, a buddy back home that really helps me out. Um, <laughs> but I, Luongo was big into it. Now he's on his way to being, a, a real GM 
<laughs> just funny. Um, but yeah, the guys are into it, super into it here. I got my butt kicked this week by uh, Dylan Larkin, and I, I have the far superior team, um, but I had Acres. Oh. Um, started me off and then <laughs> who else did I it was a couple couple poor performances that I'm gonna have to sit those guys uh, this week just to send a message and then <laughs> just can't lose that's it my my goal is just to not finish last we don't know what the punishment is yet here but we're gonna find out I'm, I'm gonna vote for the soft punishment because I know you, how how bad I am <laughs> I, I can only imagine how bad those punishments and, and how much fun and <laughs> you know it's kind of a, 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 a another way to bond but um, you know you guys uh, have the ability to be a little bit more creative than the average person when it comes to some of that stuff so I imagine you know whether that's a, a picking up the tab at a dinner or having to wash a buddy's car you guys can get really creative I think with those punishments yeah I think the last year and Florida when I did it uh it was dinner uh, maybe Buffalo last year too um but yeah it's it's exciting it's a good way guys are coming to the rink talking about it on the weekends and um yeah you have everybody that study everything and some guys that don't make one wire claim a whole year and they win it's that's how I'd have to win that's right so but I do have uh Justin Herbert as okay. quarterback I so I'm good. We're in good hands. <laughs> you are in good hands, yeah. Is Dylan Larkin much of a chirper when it comes to beating? Like, has he, did he chirp you after beating you? Or is he, is he just like a drop the football in the end zone and, and go back to the sideline guy? It wasn't too bad. He kind of just dropped the football and walked <laughs> away. But if I would have beat him, which I thought was going to happen, I would have been all over him. But Really? Like, I, I have a hard time seeing you chirping. Any, like, even you're such a nice guy, even trash talking on the ice, I think you might be polite. <laughs> yeah, I try to be polite. Yeah, as respectful as you can trash talk. That's We'll, we'll put it at that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. This is a family show. Um, I just want to go back to uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings and uh, your time there. Um, the first ever draft pick, as I mentioned, you were able to wear the captain's C. Uh, to see the Oil Kings make another run last year, pretty cool, wasn't it? Absolutely. Um, I think they got hosed the year before with the COVID. They, I don't think they had the playoffs or something so it was good to see them make it back you know and not uh not completely miss out on a good opportunity um but yeah Sebastian Cosa he was there uh he's in Detroit right now so I've seen him the last couple of weeks working out and um yeah it's awesome to look back and see and that's something that you uh can also have bragging rights over guys yeah, 100%. You know what I thought was really cool? Uh, at the World Juniors this year, which obviously was in Edmonton in the summer, uh, Latvia was playing. I saw somebody walking around with a Christians Pels jersey. Uh, so, And I know that is a, is a name that is still near and, and dear to your heart, but I thought that was really cool that that memory is still alive with, with, with that country playing. I thought that was a really neat, uh, you know, kind of a, a, you know, tying it all together with the Oil King history. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was... Uh... A tough day, but, you know, the Oil Kings family and everybody involved uh, certainly will not forget. For sure. Mark, this has been awesome. Uh, please uh, say hello to your family for uh, Trish and I. Uh, my wife rode in with your parents to that Memorial Cup in Brandon. Uh, yeah. It was weird how it all came full circle. But say hi to your family uh, from us, and uh, certainly best of luck. I'd uh, love to do this again sometime. Uh, best of luck on healing, and uh, certainly best of luck uh, in Detroit uh, with the Red Wings. Uh, and the original six. Thanks very much for doing this today.
Thank you very much for having me. And hopefully next time I'll have some good fantasy football news. Yeah, exactly. Get better. You, you can't. You, you, yeah. Management management wins games, right? So you, you guys need <laughs> to you have to make, make some better decisions. Thanks, Mark. Take care. Thanks a lot. There's Mark Pesic, uh, Detroit Red Wings defenseman. Really, really great guy. And as I mentioned, uh, comes from a great family. Uh, great people. So the Oil Kings uh, were really good, and he's going to really help that Detroit Red Wings uh, blue line. A steady influence. Um and, and I, like I said, we had the Red Wings preview yesterday. I really like what the Steve Eiserman has done. So um, I, I like the, the pace at what they're going at. They're not trying to rush it or trying to do it too fast. Tony says, uh, just had a chance to jump in. Exciting show today. Yeah, that was a fun interview with Mark Pesic. Uh, how about the sun scandal going on? Yeah, we touched on that yesterday. And here's what I'll say on that. I was watching it today, and I didn't think Adam Silver's uh, news conference was very good. I thought he was, um, I don't know, he didn't just didn't seem like he was ready for some of the onslaught of the questions. But I, I will say this. From a fantasy perspective, like I said, I think things got better for the Clippers when they were forced to sell. And anytime you can get rid of um, a person in this situation, I think it makes the league better. I mean, the Suns players, the the Mercury players going to work every day knowing that this was their boss. How does this last? I do not know how this will last. So that's what I'm looking at from a Suns point of view, is they, they're gonna I think they have they're gonna have no choice in the end but to go the same route they did with the Clippers. Andy Mack, awesome guest. Hey Mark, yeah, it was uh, Mark was uh, really, really fun. And uh, Trevor Zimmer from Five Eyes, uh, first time in the chat. Nice interview. Thanks, Trev. Uh, Grizzlies, Andrea Karanduk, uh, what a great guest, great interview, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Uh, Andrea, great interview. Woohoo! And uh Tony says, great to have you, Mark. Uh, Trevor says, I remember taking my kids to the Oil King games during his tenure there. That was fun to watch. And now Wise Guys Prospect says, I regret trading Mark now that I see what a great guy he is. He is. Honestly, I interviewed him as like a 15-year-old kid in a cold rink, and he was really shy. And, you know, he's not uh, crazy outgoing, and he wasn't back then, but always very polite and comes from a great family. So awesome to, I, you know, I, I, I didn't, the one thing I didn't get to do, and I'm kicking myself now, is to, to show him the Duckman's domination. Maybe he would have requested a trade in UFHL if he knew he was going to come to Duckman's domination. Or maybe I'll have to text him that and be like, hey, maybe you should request a trade and join the, and I'll get you your own jersey. So, you know, you can add to the collection. Sabres, Stars, uh, Panthers, now Red Wings. Love it. Number three, Mark Pesic. You can follow him on Twitter at mpesic 3 Really fun conversation. If you missed it live, you can check it out on YouTube when we post it uh, later on this evening. All right. Uh, we're going to duck out for a short break, but when we come back, we are going to play fill in the blank when it comes to fantasy. Fantasy, fill in the blank. In the meantime, enjoy the always popular mascots at halftime.
All righty, keeping the show going here on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Big thanks to Mark Pesek, who joined us in the last segment. As mentioned, that'll be uh, uploaded to YouTube uh, later on today. Uh, I just want to check out the uh, poll question results that we had. Uh, Who will Aaron Judge hit his home run? 67% still saying the Toronto Blue Jays. Wow. That's final poll now. I still think it's going to take less than 10 games for him to hit five home runs. That's just me. I think Aaron Judge is going to uh, hit home runs much sooner uh, than 10 games. All right, uh, we're going to play fill in the blank. Uh, First of all, here is the first question, and it's uh, a question every week. If you don't blank, are you really into fantasy or just having fun? Fill in the blank. If you don't blank, then are you really into fantasy or are you just having fun? If you don't, here's I'll fill in the blank. If you don't have trade negotiations during a Roger Waters concert, then are you really into fantasy or are you just having fun? I I was checking out some trade offers I got last night during Roger's concert. I'm sure Roger wouldn't have appreciated that, but, you know, not everybody appreciates all of Roger's opinions either. Concert was great, by the way. Light show was phenomenal. So if you don't, negotiate trades during a Roger Waters concert, then are you really into fantasy or are you just having fun? Love to hear your thoughts. Drop them in the Twitch message chat board. Let me know. If you don't blank, then are you really into fantasy or are you just having some fun? It's a fun segment that we will have uh, every Wednesday. Uh, We also have a uh, fantasy football question that we're going with today. Blank is going to disappoint fantasy football owners this year. Blank is going to disappoint fantasy football owners this year. Fill in the blank, drop it in the um, Twitch message board, or hit me up on Twitter, at DuckMillard, or at UFS Network. You can also get us there. So, I you know, this goes against a lot of what people uh, have thought for the last little while. And you know what? This is against my better judgment. But Tom Brady is going to disappoint fantasy owners this year. And it sucks because I have Mike Evans. And I need Mike Evans to be a TD cookie monster. I think Tom Brady's going to disappoint. Now, what is the level of disappointment? I guess that depends on your expectations for Tom Brady. I just think at some point, Brady is going to come back to earth and the 45th year of his life, where he's got a lot of bleep going on, seems likely. Giselle said, that, you know, she wasn't the happiest that he went back. She did an interview with L. Oh, this is interesting. Andrea Ellis says McDavid is going to disappoint fantasy owners this year. McDavid? Child, please. Connor 
McDavid? Disappointing? Shame. 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 It's some bull crap. Listen, I think Connor McDavid is going to score 50 plus. The, the only disappointment will be McDavid not getting 50. Andrea? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. What we've got here is failure to communicate. All right. I agree. Oh, you're laughing. Good, good. I'm, I'm, I love to be a source of entertainment. Um, Larry says, Mark Pesek was a great guest, as anticipated. Love that he's benching Acres to send a message like a true fantasy GM. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Tony says, who let her in here? <laughs> who let Andrea in this chat with McDavid disappointing? So anyway, blank is going to disappoint fantasy owners this year. And if you don't blank, then are you really into fantasy or... Are you just having some fun? Uh, let's get to some... Uh, oh, actually, want to tell you quickly that uh, if you are looking to make a bet on the game tomorrow night and you want to bet responsible, I have a 125% bonus on sports. Use my link to get this special offer. Check out at Duck Millard on Twitter. Head to BetUS. Get on my uh, Twitter account. Click the link in the bio. Get your 125% bonus, bet responsibly, and have some fun. Put some money down on tomorrow night's contest. Should note, as we told you off the top, Keenan Allen is out versus the Chiefs tomorrow. So if that's going to affect your betting strategy, please know Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer become important starts tomorrow. No Keenan Allen versus the Chiefs tomorrow for the Chargers. But you might want to throw some cash down, 125% bonus, when you use the link in my bio, at Duck Millard. Okay, let's get to some Major League Baseball news. Um, and obviously we told you about Aaron Judge, 56, 57. They play the Red Sox again tonight. I think he's going to get 58, maybe 59. But the Marlins have called up infield prospect Jordan Groshans. And this is really important for uh, fantasy GMs that are in the playoffs or in the stretch or in the UFLB where you're heading into the playoffs and we have a brand new league. Um, the, the Marlins aren't going to the playoffs, but the stretch drive, he might be able to help you. He was the 12th overall pick in 2018. He was a former Blue Jay, and the Marlins got him uh, that year at the deadline that sent uh, Anthony Bass, Zach Pop, and Edward Durant to Toronto. 22 years old, primarily been a shortstop and a third baseman, and of Baseball America's top 100 prospects, he was 34th prior to last season. Struggled in A, still was 60th in the top 100 list this year. Struggled in AAA uh, prior to the trade, uh, particularly in that power department, but slugging in 269 for Buffalo last year. His bat has perked up after the trade, no longer a Blue Jay. 301, 399, 416 slash in 31 games for AAA Jacksonville prior to the promotion. And he started last night and went 0 for 3. Still, something to watch for. Uh, as you approach the final week or uh, the playoffs. Brandon Lowe back on the IL 
Unfortunately, the Rays' second baseman is out for the third time this season, just four games since the last time he went on the MASH unit. That time he lost 11 days uh, with a, uh, when he was hit with a, in, in the right tricep. This one is more worrisome uh, because it's his back and it's his lower back. And he missed two months earlier because of his lower back. And obviously we've seen a big decline because of those injuries this year. Uh, he went 0 for 13 with a pair of walks. So even when he came back, he wasn't really healthy. This is interesting and not good for, uh, you know, people that have Corbin Burns, long-term dynasty leagues, especially those in luxury tax leagues where you got to factor in uh, potential salary. And if you don't know what that salary is going to be, it's really hard. But Corbin Burns uh, talking to Adam McAlvey on Sunday of MLB.com on the one-year anniversary of his combined no-hitter. He expressed a little bit shocked that the Brewers have not initiated extension talks with him. 27 years old. He's the ace, the defending National League Cy Young champion. He's in arbitration years, and he's supposed to be a free agent after 2024. The guy has been absolute money for the Brewers. Three seasons, 260 ERA. 160 ERA plus, over 400 innings, almost 400 innings. He has struck out 536 batters, 34% of the guys he's faced. What are the Brewers thinking here? Like, seriously, what is Milwaukee doing? Pay that man his money. Rafael Ortega fractured his ring finger trying to bunt incorrectly, and he's on the I.L., Tommy Canal uh, activated by the Dodgers. The right-hander will be ready. And the Marlins played Avisel Garcia on the 10-day IL uh, with a hamstring injury. All right, uh, hockey news to tell you about. And it's not really huge news uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but Tyler Mott has uh, signed a one-year deal with the Ottawa Senators, $1.35 million. He's a depth guy, bottom six. But something the Sens could use uh, this year is that tr- they certainly uh, transitioned into be, trying to be a contender. Uh, as we mentioned yesterday, the poll question for our uh, Connor Bedard question Ended up at 52.4% or 54.2% of trade him for futures. And again, I will reiterate, I agree with Rod Peterson. I agree with Larry Fisher. I agree with the voters of the poll. You are not going to get enough for Connor Bedard right now. You're not going to get enough, in my opinion, to build up. And if you do somehow get enough, you are going to be trading away five to six years of production. Whereas you can load up. And in two years, not just have a superstar in Bedard, but a whole team that you can build around that they didn't do this time. I don't know why. They should have been contending, knocking on the door last year and contending this year. Anyway, that was the, uh, the end of our poll question uh, yesterday. By the way, game two of the Ultimate Fantasy Women's Basketball Association is in the books, and the Bull City Blazers continue to dominate with all the main stars, as you would expect. Uh, basketball, as Tony said yesterday, is all about the stars. Chelsea Gray, 39 points. Asia Wilson, 
36 and a half fantasy points. Kelsey Plum, 34 fantasy points. And Alyssa Thomas, 25 and a half. Oh, yeah. Also, Courtney Williams had 27 fantasy points. All of them chipping in to add up to an 181 and a half fantasy point showing. Wild. Now, the Sparrows, who are contending as well, got some good outings from Junquel Jones, 26 and a half, Brianna Jones, 28 and a half, but the difference is probably going to be far too big uh, to make up in the few remaining games. Uh, this series could be over on Thursday. Uh, the Blazers lead 334 and a half to 158 and a half after game two, game three on Thursday, game four on Sunday, if necessary. All right, uh, let's get now to our fantasy performers, our top shelf fantasy performers. And this one might as well be brought to you by uh, the White Walkers uh, because the White Walkers, they had it going on last night. Like Stacy's mom. Uh, so the White Walkers, uh, first of all, we'll get to the Rum Runners uh, because Joe Ryan did a number for the Twins last night and the Rum Runners putting up 20 points. Thanks to a seven-inning outing on the bump, no earned runs, so he gets the quality start. That's six earned runs or six innings and less than three earned runs. Picks up the win, seven Ks, doesn't give up a hit and walk two batters. So uh, pretty impressive stuff. Would have been even better without the walks because the whip would have been zero. Aaron Judge, as we told you last night for Music City Smash, and of course the Yankees, nineteen pointer, three for four, two homers, three RBIs couple of runs scored. He got caught stealing, or else he would have had, uh, it would have been about a 19.5-point night, or maybe it would have been a 20-point night. You Darvish of the Padres and the White Walkers and Mark Mathias of the Rangers and the White Walkers also rounding out our top four with 18 points each. Uh, Darvish on the hill for the Padres and the Walkers. Eight innings, no earned runs, so gets the quality start, seven-point bonus. The win bonus, seven strikeouts, gave up two hits. As for the Rangers, Matthias, uh, an 18-point night on a 3-for-5 night, two home runs, four RBIs, and three runs scored. So the White Walkers, pretty nice when you can walk out of a night with a 36-point evening. Also night when you can bet responsibly. You want to put something down on the game tomorrow night? You want to put some on the Major League Baseball tonight? You want to pick some Stanley Cup winners? BetUS has you covered. And I've got you with 125% bonus on any sport you want to bet on. Head to at Duck Millard on Twitter. Click the link in my bio and you are on your way to getting a 125% bonus. Get in the game where all the safe action is all right when we get back on the program we are going to uh, talk a little bit more hockey again um we had mark pesic on the show earlier we're also going to talk uh now with tom gazola who hosts the postgame show on tsn 1260 of course a uh, big year for the edmonton oilers coming up a lot of uh, anticipation we're previewing the edmonton oilers in our dauber hockey preview a little bit later so that's uh, pretty fitting and we'll talk to uh, tom about a few other things going on uh, you know i know he's a big baseball fan and there's some pretty exciting stuff as we just saw aaron judge 56 57 when does he Hit that uh, number 62. That's the uh, question of the day that we have going. Is it going to be against the Red Sox, the Pirates, the Blue Jays, or the Brewers? 
I think it's going to be the Brewers. I think Aaron Judge goes off this weekend and ends it. That's what that's what I think. Maybe I'll save that for my bold prediction uh, for uh, tomorrow on the program. All right, when we come back, Tom Gazzola is going to join us. We're going to talk, uh, obviously, about the uh, Edmonton Oilers, uh, but much more as well. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports, YouTube, and wherever you find your podcasts. Just after 5 o'clock Eastern, uh, 3 o'clock in the Mountain Time Zone, uh, this is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily on twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports. Please chime in in on uh, the Twitch message board. Uh, Phil Beavis says, Alan Robinson and work the waiver wire make trades. If you don't, I, I don't know what Phil Beavis is referring to. Um, Tony's asking if I got the Chiefs. I think I will take the Chiefs. I, I might have to start uh, CEH. Edward Delaire picked up some touchdowns. I, I'm so confused with running backs. I just, it's the weirdest thing. Oh, first timer from the chat, Garrett Perkins. Stacy's mom, love it. Nick TVIP says, I hear she's got it going on. Yeah, she does. Everybody knows that Stacy's mom has it going on. Like, who doesn't know that, really? All right. You know who's got it going on is uh, a, a good friend of mine um, and, you know, very well-known uh, in the uh, the media circles for lovely hair. So I hope he didn't wear a hat. Tom Gazzola is joining us. You know, it's, it's much better when I can control things and turn your mic on. Tommy, how are you? You know, I did my hair for you today, okay? I'm doing I good. love it. Like, do you ever get sick of people commenting on your hair? No. You know why? I'm just glad, first of all, that I still have it. If you ever see my dad or meet him, you see he's got nothing left, and I've already surpassed him by a decade of having hair. And, uh, and I'm just like, I appreciate it. It's like, well, I still have it, and it's, I'm just thankful for it. So bring, bring it on. Like, if you think it's greasy... I don't care. If you think it sucks, I don't care. I just love the fact that I have it. 
So uh, no problems whatsoever, Dino. Well, and, you, you, you know, I hear you on the Gazola Chronicles, and you're working with two guys who barely have any hair, so you got to make those guys. Well, Gregor, does he shaves it. Strutty probably should. At some point, he's going to have to go that route. So those guys must be envious every time you're in there. Yeah, well, I take a ribbing from those guys. You know them very well. And, and I just chalk it up to being like the younger brother of those two. And uh, I, I take my lickings and, and beatings when I need to. And, um, and I, being an oldest brother, Dino, I'm like, yeah, now I'm on the other end of it. So I kind of get it. Uh, long time coming. And, and finally, I get a dose of reality from those two and a taste of my own medicine. That's how I look at it. Maybe there's more vitriol there. I'm going to assume it's more of a positive thing, but uh, I'll, I'll take uh, the bashing whenever it comes my way from those two clowns. Beautiful. Uh, let's talk a little bit. Obviously, this is a fantasy show. Uh, what do you do for fantasy? All sports, just football, baseball? What's, what's your fantasy yeah. level at? Yeah, well, okay, I'm, I'm only in one league right now. Unfortunately, it's F1, and uh, oh, I haven't nice. set my team. Yeah, yeah, Joaquin Gage set it up. And uh, I haven't set my team since, I think, the third race week. So I'm clearly getting my ass kicked. And uh, I've, I've done football fantasy. I actually came in third in a baseball fantasy one year at my old station in Lloydminster. And then uh, I get roped into hockey fantasy here and there. And, and usually I just say no because, Dino, I'm so bad at setting rosters, lineups, <laughs> I forget about it. Uh, I, I generally think I have enough time to get in my roster, uh, depending on the sport. And uh, something happens where I miss out and I don't do it, or my phone glitches. I just I'm the worst fantasy sports player out there. And I just warn people whenever they invite me for a, a league, and I, I tell them, I'm like, listen, you're just wasting your time. Please go and get somebody that will actually commit the the time effort and resources into making it more competitive because i'm the worst and i fully uh, admit it and i've embraced it and i just let them know like I'm, I'm a terrible fantasy sports player interesting it's i love that yeah. you're in an f1 league we've got some uh car racing stuff going on you guys might be interested as well so we'll have to uh, chat about that because it's pretty cool uh nick tvip is says jealous bald man here so he's obviously jealous of the the head of hair that you have as 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 among uh, other people um okay so obviously uh you're doing the post game show a job that that i did and i you know i know uh some nights that job can be a lot of fun other nights uh in february when it's minus 30 and the oilers get pumped and the power play goes over five and people are telling you the worst things ever because you don't agree with them but it must be better. Like, it has to be better than it, you know, even though they were getting better when I left, they still weren't there. Like, last season had to have been so fun. Dino, it was. And, and like you said, you know it full well. And you know the listeners at 1260 and the range of emotions that they go through on a night-to-night -night basis. You know those guys on a, on a first-name basis, too. And uh, if it's a good win, they're happy about it. Some of them, if it's a so-so win, if you will. They're, they're still not that content. And then if it's a loss, you know, the sky's falling. Yet last year ended up being fun. And, and you'll remember 16-17 when they went on that run to game seven of the second round and lost to Anaheim. It, it was a, a step up from that. But, Dino, like December, I mean, you could even go back to like late November. November, December, January was as bad as it's ever been. And you've been in this market for a long time. You've covered the local teams in this market for a long time. 
you know when when the fans are, are pissed off with their teams and it went from just the the best start ever and everything's gonna be okay this team has turned a corner finally to oh my god this team is gonna not make the playoffs and dry settle mcdavid are gonna want trades and then the the coaching change happened and you know we had the issues with the media versus the players i think that was a byproduct of covid and and the setup with with the podiums and all that i think you know players got fed up with it media got fed up with it coaches got fed up with it obviously the fans were fed up with it um not having that interaction in the room really hurt so like all of it fed into this this small window concentrated amount of time like a, a good six weeks last year where it went from great to awful and then went really good at the end to a, a really fun playoff run so Last year was something unlike I've ever experienced covering the Edmonton Oilers. And Dean, like, I'm going into year 15 covering this team. I can't believe it either. But the 21-22 the Oilers season was just this ridiculously wild roller coaster ride on all fronts. On all fronts. And uh, hopefully there's more consistency in the Oilers game this year where, you know, they're going to be okay. And then by the time they get to the playoffs – uh, we're talking about a team doing some damage again, but man, it, it was nuts last year, like just on all fronts. Yeah, t- Tom, if you don't know, worked for the Oilers TV, so was right in, uh, you know, the inside workings of the locker room at one point. So you would know both sides of that. And yeah, when you don't get that one-on-one connection, things get lost in uh, the the way or the Zoom call or whatever. It's just it's just yep. not the same. Um, so this is an Oilers team now. Obviously, you know, everybody thinks you know McDavid is I. I I, the only I've seen McDavid not go one in fantasy leagues because goals are worth more. Here's the thing. I think McDavid gets 50 this year, and I think the difference between his 50 and whatever Matthews or whoever else gets is going to be made up by the fact that he might get like 130 points. What like Does Connor McDavid, for whatever reason, just seem like he's ready to, as good as he's been, just absolutely explode this year for some reason? You know, he's in the, the, the best part of his career. He's in the prime. He's just entering it. And, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he took another step and elevated his game. I know people talked about his defensive game in, in recent years, and now that's not an issue all of a sudden. The way he played in the postseason and, and how he performed and the points that he put up, even though he was blanketed night to night, um, and then the fact that he's got Leon Dreisaitl there with him, and now he's got a legit scorer and Evander Kane and we'll see what happens on the right side but Zach Hyman has been a huge boost to the forward unit so McDavid going into his prime having been as good as he has been in the seven eight years that he's been in the National Hockey League like yeah he might get 50 Dino just because he wants to and just to shut up people that that are naysayers towards his goal scoring ability like he is that good he is magic on the ice, and I know I'm pumping his tires because we see him every day here, but he is literally that good. And I wouldn't be surprised if he got to 130. I wouldn't be surprised if he got 50 goals. So if, if Matthews, let's say, gets to 60, fantastic. But uh, Connor McDavid could make up the difference with the assist totals. And this is a team that's, that's going to pop off offensively. Like if, if in a month we're talking about an Oilers team that the power play isn't clicking and McDavid and Drysaddle don't seem to have it going. Like, I don't think that'll last for very long. I think that'll be an anomaly. Like these guys know they can score. They have so many weapons. 
the big question will be, is the goaltending better? On paper, seems like it. And then on defense, uh, can they keep pucks out of their own zone, break up cycles, and get the pucks up to McDavid, Dreisaitl, Kane, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, and the list goes on? Uh, those will be the big question marks. But when it comes to McDavid himself, like, it, to me, it, it's crazy that some people wouldn't take Connor McDavid because right now he's in that time in his career where he's essentially a lock for first or second in league scoring. Yeah, as long as he's healthy, he's – yeah, you, you're, you're right. Nobody is going to be able to uh, – I think uh, in, in, unless he, he misses a, a whole bunch of games, that's exactly it. So yep. there's, you know, there's the stars. The blue line is, is really interesting. And, you know, this is a team that's obviously going to have to, you know, make some maneuvers. But uh, we saw Evan Bouchard and that Bouch bomb that he has. And obviously, he's going to be a key moving forward. What about a guy like Philip Broberg who is – Kind of still dipping his feet in. Um, I, I, yep. you know, I, I think he's going to start the year on the roster, but there, I guess it all depends on training camp. What do you see from Philip Roberg this year? Smooth, sweet, and te- Dean today they're talking about how he put on ten to fifteen pounds. That's great. Like when old man strength kicks in for him. I know he's young. He's what 20, 21 years old. But when he finally you know gets that man strength to to kick in, that'll go a long way. And it looks like he's. He's put on a little bit of meat and muscle. And if he's playing in a way where he's not intimidated and he can build consistency and find ways to eliminate uh, mistakes that, that rookies tend to make, uh, hearing footsteps, uh, inadvertently dumping pucks out and getting rid of them because they're worried that there's pressure coming. Like if, if he can do that quickly and consistently, he should be okay. But the fact of the matter is, you know, yes, he's probably going to be on the roster. I know Ken Holland's talked about that. And they brought in Ryan Murray to be kind of an insurance policy for Philip Broberg, essentially, which is great to have a Stanley Cup champion and a veteran like that on the roster that doesn't necessarily need to play every single night. But for Broberg, if he can focus on the defensive side of his game, like he talked about this morning, and we see some growth there, and he's not hurting the team in his own zone, and he's not getting out muscled a ton, that would be a perfect start to his NHL career. I know he's dabbled in the league a little bit, but he hasn't really been a bona fide NHLer. And then the offense naturally will, will kick in because he just has those instincts. He's good at headmanning the puck. He's good mm-hmm. at finding open guys in the offensive zone. And from time to time, he gets one through and scores. And he's got a great shot too. So if Broberg, like we saw, with, and you alluded to Evan Bouchard, like there were some nights where Bouchard, he looked like a, a rookie and yep. even though you know they call him dad and he looks like an old old guy uh he he had moments where it was like boy Bouchard had a rough night sometimes mm-hmm. Duncan Keith also had enough a rough night alongside him so if if Brover can find ways to to minimize those I think he'll be okay but the fact of the matter is uh that those mistakes tend to happen to rookie NHL players especially on the back end but um they have Ryan Murray there as an insurance policy I do think he'll be uh, an everyday guy. I think he's got the inside track to that spot on the team. He's going to have to play so bad in, in training camp and preseason games, Dino, to, to lose that spot is, is how it's lining up right now. 
And he's different than than Bouchard, right? Like Bouchard, we talk about that big bomb from the point. Uh, Broberg is a bit more of a distributor, and and you know we'll probably get a little bit more uh, points points that way when it comes. Mm-hmm. But it's good to have those different two uh, types of young defensemen that are coming up because you've got Bouchard and you've got Barry right now, and and you've got Nurse making nine million dollars. So you got a lot of defensemen, and and I know Nurse is going to probably shift over to a lot more of a shutdown and and PK role, but that's a lot of money tied up in some blue liners that do some similar things. Yeah, and I suppose the difference between uh, Bouchard and, and Broberg, or Broberg, um, not so much compared to Barry, but Broberg transports the puck really well. He's got yeah. good, good speed and nice step, and he, and he gets going. And if he sees a lane, he'll take it, uh, and he'll expose an opening or a gap. Whereas Bouchard, he, he kind of waits it out, looks for that pass, and, and uh, isn't... Uh, the type of guy that's just jumping at, at certain opportunities. And that's kind of where Bill, Philip Roberg has that little wrinkle to his game that maybe other guys don't have. And, and Barry, I know there was a lot of talk this offseason about, hey, do you move him out? It's four and a half million. They, they need him. They lost Duncan Keith. Yes, they brought back Brett Kulak. That's great. And, and if they need to change the right side of the blue line at some point, then yeah, Barry will likely be the guy that's in the spotlight and would be a an asset that they could move out, but that comes in time. But as of right now, yeah, it's, it's more of a veteran blue line, which is good. And, and the young guys have contributed and, and we'll see if Bouchard continues to ascend. And I think he should, I mean, Dino, we saw him in the playoffs and and he looked pretty good. Um, So if, if Broberg again, can minimize the mistakes, then the back end should kind of, uh, take care of some of the the concern, but if they do get exposed, if Kulak looks like a third pairing guy rather than a second pairing guy, if Nurse has bonehead plays and and continues to do that, uh, this could be a nightmare. But right now we're at a point where it's like leaning good, <laughs> but there's still the potential for for some some rough nights. Yeah, it's it's you know you look at this team and you know going back to the to years that you've covered it and I've covered it is oh there was not enough depth. Well, they look like they have that up front and oh their blue line. Well, they've got some guys coming on and then you mentioned the goaltending. Well, they they've shored that up and you know I think there's an opportunity obviously for for Jack Campbell, but I think there's an opportunity for Stuart Skinner here and you know Stuart Skinner has you know, had some really red hot moments uh, in his career. So yep. I, I think the goaltending situation is, is actually the, you know, the best that I've seen it as far as potential and future in a lot of years. Dean, I mean, you're a goalie, you know, the best thing for a goalie is a, to be feeling confident and then B to have the, the guys in front of him confident in knowing that he's going to make the save. Like that confidence goes so far with, with teams and, as much as guys talked about, you know, Mike Smith and, and the battler that he was and how he was so great in the room, he let in the first shot of the game or second, third, fourth, fifth shot of the game so many times last year. And then they would throw Miko Koskinen in there and he would do the exact same thing. Like, how can you feel confident in your goalies when you're down one nothing three minutes in, you know, 15 times a season? If that can be eliminated then they should be okay. And, and you're right about Stuart Skinner. Like that game against Winnipeg last year, he was outstanding. That was probably his best game as an NHL goaltender. And if, if he can push and, and make 20 to 25 starts and spell off Jack Campbell, then, then that's great and, and have a winning record. And if Jack Campbell can continue to do what he did in Toronto, I know the last half of last year wasn't particularly great, but 
if he could be solid for them, that's all they're asking for. And as is tradition in our market, a lot of people always point to the contract and the money and all that that's involved. But five by five for Jack Campbell, that was just to get in the game, to get him into the city. And who knows, in two or three years, maybe we're talking about Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell going 41-41, or maybe it's 50-30 and, and you know they're looking at moving on from Jack Campbell. But that's in a few years. But this, like you said, is a, is a good proposition for the Oilers with two goalies that are hungry and uh, look like they should be able to, to take strides with their careers. You know, it's so, and I, and I know the Oilers wouldn't have ever appreciated it, but like the ideal contest on the pregame show would be, is the first goal of the game going to go in? And if it doesn't, like the pot doubles and the pot, like yeah. you, you wouldn't, nobody would make a whole lot of money on that because it happened every three or four games. I mean, now like the Oilers would not love that, but it really no. was. It's like a drinking game, right? Uh, well, Dino, the, the best one was uh, in the 56 game season, Miko Koskinen plays 12 and a half minutes, allows four goals on four shots, and then can't even break his stick the first whack. It took two whacks to break it over the post. I was like, this is, this is it. This is what you're working with. And somehow this team managed to go, you know, deep in the playoffs last year and finish second in its division three years in a row with those guys. But yeah, you're right. Like if we put it out there, question of the day, uh, does the first shot go in? A lot of times that that pot's not building up because they were scoring on those first shots. And some of them were great eight quality chances some of them were just terrible terrible goals yeah. but it was it was so consistent it was sad uh baseball quickly um i know you're a ball fan so what are you more excited about right now judge trying to track down and he's going to the the roger maris record to 57 he has and the record is 61 or albert Pujols mm. trying to get 700 in a turn back the clock second half for the machine I'm liking Pujols right now because I, I, you know, we've watched him for what, 20 years. And, and this is a guy that came out of the steroid era and he's about to reach a mark that what three, four other guys have, have done in the history of, of major league baseball. So to me, that's the coolest and the way he's doing it. I know the universal DH probably helped him out too and prolonged his career, but the fact that he's back in St. Louis, they're having such a good year it's it's autumn and and he's crushing dingers it seems like every weekend we're talking about him inching closer so i i was happy when he passed a rod because i i i'm a guy that's like all right i know a rod was a great player but he was a jerk and he was a guy that was hard to like and and even when a rod did that video for Pujols like a week and a half two weeks ago i was like right. shut up a rod like <laughs> like let Pujols do his thing like this is a guy where we could actually celebrate him now for aaron judge like I'm fascinated by how we're talking about him getting to Roger Maris's record. And, and, you know, we talk about it on the AL side and I hope he does it too, because he's having a monster season and the guy's a, a monster human being, but I also find it interesting. And I'm sure you do too, or I, I'd like to know what you think, but we're not talking about Barry Bonds and we're not talking about Sosa and McGuire so much. It's almost like because of their implications with steroids, they're, they're being like brushed aside. And, I don't know if that's appropriate or I'm just appreciating it because it seems like now where, where guys are getting busted for PEDs, like, hello, Fernando Tatis Jr. Like that was so dumb. Um, these guys who, you know, if they're not doing these PEDs and, and they're clean and they're accomplishing these feats, I, I can truly applaud that and appreciate it. And I love that congruently we have these two guys 
uh, in both leagues doing something really, really cool. Well, I, I think the one reason that it's the, the Bond Sosa Maguire is not being talked about as much is because this is such a sacred American League record, right? Like this right. is 61, and none of those guys, Sosa Bonds and Maguire, played in the American League. So none of that taint, although there were guys that they were tainted playing in the American League. None of them sat that record. So this record has stood for so long, even during the steroid. Like, um, how did this record not get broken in the American League during the steroid era? So I wonder if that's why. But I think it might, too, is that baseball is trying to celebrate something, and it's hard to celebrate something when every time you mention it, somebody brings up PEDs. That's not a celebration. No, no, and... I mean, the, the guys that are getting busted now, you would just hope that we're past it. And, yeah. it's, and, and that's why I brought up Tatis Jr. Because I'm like, here's an exciting guy that's going to be, you know, helping San Diego become a contender, a team we never really talk about. And every, uh, once every 10 years, maybe we're talking about them going on a postseason run. And all of a sudden, he sewers it. So I, I think, you know, having listened to Red watch documentaries and movies on on uh, the steroid era it, it, it's like okay finally like it's that breath of fresh air where it's mm-hmm. like they're legitimately doing these things uh pool holes and judge and and you could be like i appreciate that but yeah i understand the the al side of it and roger maris and the yankee tradition mm-hmm. and all that um but i just i i was like wow we're really not talking about sosa mcguire and Definitely not talk about bonds, and, and I'm okay with that. And, and I understand the separation, but, yeah, I mean, those guys were juiced. Literally, they were juiced, and, you know, they, they're their own thing. But if they're complaining about not getting the love nowadays, That's fault. Yeah. yeah, you guys, they can take a hike for all I care. Yeah, and it's going to be weird. Like, nobody, I unless the ball is juiced or something, I don't know how any – maybe that's why nobody's talking about it because nobody thinks – Judge is going to get close to the 70s, right? Like maybe they think he'll top out at 61 or 62. So oh, here's two different comments from two different Andreas in our chat. One says, best hair in YEG media for sure. So that's good. And another Andrea who is uh, has Dylan Holloway in our fantasy league says, hey, Tom, does Holloway secure a spot this season? Larry Fisher and I talked about him the other day. Uh, somebody mentioned him pot potentially for the Calder. My yeah. and I'll, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I just don't know if there's going to be enough ice time, uh, especially on the power play for this guy this year. But I'd like to hear your thoughts. Thank you to Andrea one about the hair comment. Much appreciated. Uh, Andrea two. Holloway is a, a guy that's going to have to have a, I think a great camp to, to make the, the team. Now he might be on the, the opening day roster. And we know that uh, Ken Holland's going to have to play cap gymnastics to, to make sure the Oilers are, are cap compliant and make sure those rookie bonuses don't, kick in if they were to call up uh, those guys on their, their ELCs. So for Holloway, uh, it was interesting just talking to some people around the organization, like they're not as set on him being uh, a everyday player or on the team right out of the gates. It could happen. I think he would have to have a, a great training camp, put up points in the preseason, look good defensively, or at least sound enough in his own zone where they can trust him. And you're right. Like this roster, Dino is pretty loaded up front. Not to say that there wouldn't potentially be an opportunity for Dylan Holloway at some point, but I don't think that there's as much of an onus on him to make the team out of camp. 
and to, to stick around and play minimal minutes when, on the flip side, he could be down in Bakersfield maybe for half a year, maybe for 25 games, and, and just really popping off down there. And then when injuries, which are inevitable, do occur up in Edmonton, uh, he gets a look and, and, you know, rightfully is thrust into a, a situation where he's not playing, what, three and a half minutes in game four of the Western Conference Final. He did draw a penalty. I acknowledge that. But uh, where he actually gets to kind of stretch his legs out and uh, give her out there as opposed to kind of sitting on the bench right in the pine. But I don't think there's as much of a, a push for him to be on the team. That's going to be up to him. He's going to get a lot of looks in the preseason. But um, – Anything could happen. I just I don't see him necessarily being a lock for the team right out of the gates. Beauty stuff, my man. Thanks a lot uh, for joining me. Uh, enjoy uh, that post-game, pre-game show. Uh, it's going to be so much fun uh, because they're going to be fun to watch, uh, even on the bad nights. Uh, and I don't think there's going to be as many bad nights as uh, they're certainly used to. Uh, thanks for doing this, though, Tom, and I'd like to do it again sometime. Anytime, Dino. And you know sometimes those bad nights are just as fun as the good <laughs> nights, too. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Sometimes, I'll be honest, I did a needle, just a little bit of needling every once in a yes. while with Oiler fans because you got to kind of stick it in every once in a while to rile it up, right? <laughs> Always. That's the fun part of it. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. We'll chat soon. Thank you, Dino. You take care. There's Tom Gazzola. Uh, TSN 1260 pre and post game show, NHL uh, network correspondent as well. And that is. Uh, great hair. Uh, Andrea, too, says, thanks, Tom, for that answer. So, good stuff. Oh, Larry Fisher says, uh, oh, uh, are you saying the guys weren't confident in Koskinen's glove? Yeah, I don't think anybody was uh, confident in that glove. And Larry says, like the Condor signing, uh, Colton Point today for even more depth in goal. Uh, Pickard, Fanti, Point, Rodriguez. It's looking pretty solid between the pipes, glass half full. And Evan Rodriguez was considered uh, the best goaltender in, in that draft class at one point. So they do uh, have some goaltending depth. They do have some blue line depth. They do have some forward depth. Can they put it all together? That's the big question. Can this team, you know, and, and listen, last year, as Tom said, they had a horrible Time around Christmas, that December, still bounced back and, and went deep. Expectations are massive for this team. It is no longer, let's hope, you know, let's make the playoffs. Now it's, we need to at least get to the conference final. We need to get to the Stanley Cup final. We need to win the Stanley Cup final. It's not just about the playoffs. Playoffs? It's winning the Stanley Cup with this team and this roster. I think Stanley, like, honestly, any. I think this year going into the season, for Edmonton Oilers fans, if they don't reach a Stanley Cup final, they're going to be disappointed. Chime in on the Twitch chat, if you will, or hit me up at Duck Millard on Twitter. Speaking of the Oilers, that's what we're going to get to next. Even more Oilers talk. Flames fans, you're so lucky today. We're going to preview the Edmonton Oilers in our Dauber Hockey team preview uh, that is coming up next but right now i want to introduce you to the ultimate crypto driving championship we are back with our dauber hockey oilers preview right after this get yourselves ready to race at great heights to become the global sim racing champion create your crypto livery enter with the best designs Enter to win prizes. 
outrace your competition. Winning is all that matters. Watch the other racers in your rear view mirror. Gain massive exposure battling against the biggest names in crypto with a season-long race for the championship. Bring glory to your token. Drive like a champion, win it all. Be first or last. If you're not rubbing, you're not racing. Get behind the wheel and drive for your project.
Okay, let's uh, keep it going. Excuse me, pardon me. Uh, this is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. My name is Dean Millard, and uh, you are tuned in to twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports. And we're going to dive into the Edmonton Oilers a little bit more now with the uh, Oilers team preview. And uh, this is uh, presented by Dauber Hockey. Uh, by the way, if you missed our the breaking news from earlier, Dauber Hockey has you covered when it comes to news of the day. Injuries. Roto World NBC Edge is gone, ending the NHL player news feed. And that is filled. Fantasy Hockey Player News, frozenpool.dauber.sports.com. This is going to be legendary. Going to get your updates from Dauber Hockey. Uh, we got something cool on the way from Dauber Hockey as well that uh, we'll hopefully be able to uh, let you know about either later this week or, or next week. But that's some really cool news and excellent information from Dauber Hockey. All right, let's get to the Oilers now. And, you know, it's obviously fairly easy to look at. Uh, and, oh, by the way, this Oiler preview uh, is also brought to you by the Grizzlies uh, because they are heavy on the Oilers. But, you're, you know, like McDavid and Dreisaitl are the obvious number one, two. I, I, I think those are the number one, two guys in the NHL. If I'm in a brand new dynasty league, those are the guys I'm ranking one, two. I know Austin Matthews might score 60. If goals are the same, it's a no-brainer. If goals are more, I still think the separation between points between Matthews and McDavid and even Dreisaitl, who could get 50, will be enough. I think Austin Matthews is awesome. I hope he scores 70. I just don't think that the point totals are going to match. So, McDavid of the Yetis, obviously. Uh, and then Dreisaitl and Bouchard, uh, both of the Grizzlies in UFHL. McDavid, I think, gets 50. Dreisaitl could get 50. And like I said, I hope Matthews gets 70. For my breakout player, I'm going with Philip Broberg. He plays for Duckman's Domination. That's my franchise. Uh, we've been counting on Broberg. I really liked I lo the word I loved that Tom Gazzola used, smooth. Because that's what I think of when I picture Broberg, when I watch Broberg, is his skating ability. And, and Tom nailed it as a puck transporter. He carries the puck up. Doesn't have the big shot, but still can get it through. But he might be the guy setting up the big shot if the Oilers ever went with uh, two defensemen on uh, the power play again. And the thing about the Oilers' power play, if you're not a first, first power play guy, you hardly get any time. So those top three guys there, those are all three power play guys. And then you probably throw Nugent Hopkins in there. And whether it's, uh, you know, take your pick of Yamamoto, Kane, Hyman. Who knows? Pugliari might get some power play time, but he was mostly on the second line. That first unit stays out there for a buck 45. So you need those 
you know, one of those three guys on there is going to get you a massive amount of power play points if those are bonuses in your uh, league. And Stuart Skinner is my sleeper, and I mentioned it to Tom. He could get hot. And I think there's going to be a point where Stuart Skinner, the Oilers are going to have to rely on him because Jack Campbell's either going to struggle or get injured. And I think there's an opportunity for Stuart Skinner to grab the net and keep it. We'll see. Maybe he does just enough to come in next year on an even playing field. I think there's going to be a point where Skinner is really, really important for the Edmonton Oilers. Let's take a look at things from a Dauber hockey perspective. This is uh, their lineup. I should say their projected lineup uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. And there's so much potential with movement. So it's, it's really even, I, I, I even have a hard time saying top six because so many of these guys can interchange. I mean, you could have a lineup of McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Kane. You could have a lineup of McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins. You can switch them all around. I think even a guy like Jesse Pugliarvi, if he's still on the team, can move into that second line spot if somebody's not going. That bottom six is interesting because a lot of these guys have the ability to score as well. And you don't need your bottom six to score a lot, but you just need to chip in. Uh, Derek Ryan has some offensive uh, potential. Tyler Benson has been an offensive player. Dylan Holloway. So there is some potential in the bottom six for some offense. Obviously, Pugliarvi. Um, you know, if you can get fi- an average of 15 goals, like they're looks like they're all projecting here, that's pretty good for your, for your second line. Or your third line, rather. And then the blue line is starting to become uh, a strength. Nurse and Bouchard, and Nurse plays that shutdown role and kills a lot of penalties. Broberg and Barry, really nice second offensive pairing. And then Kulak and Cece, uh, I, I don't mind that blue line. I don't like the price tag for Darnell Nurse, but he's effective if he's not being overloaded. And a few years back when Oscar Clefbaum was still playing and he got hurt, Nurse was given so much ice time he just got so tired. Now, I think he's a, and he was a young player. I think he's a lot used to it now. And not having him playing power play is going to be, is, you know, and was so much better and will be uh, so much better. It's a pretty good fantasy team for sure. Larry says, I'm warming up to Holloway on the opening roster. He could work well with McLeod and Yamamoto Pogliarvi on a kid line. I could see Woodcroft wanting to deploy a soft minutes kid line as a third wave of offense. I don't like that at all, actually. I'm, I am in the opposite of that. I want Dylan Holloway playing first line minutes, second line minutes, uh, instead of third soft line minutes. Fogel, Ryan Janmark as a fourth line is nice depth up front if they want to structure it that way. 
Definitely sounds like Vertanen will be in Oilers camp next week, so he'd be competition for Fogel and Holloway. Holloway, yeah, we'll see. And, and like I said, I would love to see uh, Dylan Holloway play first line minutes in in Bakersfield just to start the season. So that's your Oilers team preview, uh, the lineups from Dauber Hockey, and uh, there is uh, the preview uh, from my perspective. Uh, And it's pretty easy when you're looking at the top three guys on uh, this uh, Oilers uh, roster. Okay, when we come back from a really quick trip out, I'm going to get a drink of water. We're going to get into uh, what we should be watching tonight and a few other fun things as well. We're back in 30 seconds. of uh, the Wednesday episode, a Wednesday edition of Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. Thanks so much for sticking around uh, for the whole show. We had some uh, really fun conversations and some uh, a lot of great people stopping by today. A lot of new people, so that's fun. Uh, to our Twitch universe, twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports is where you find us live Monday to Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern till 6 p.m. Eastern. You can also find the replays on YouTube. Just search Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. And in audio format, wherever you find your podcast, also search Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Uh, Larry chiming in about the Oilers saying they could play McLeod on the wing and Nugent Hopkins as uh, number three center if they want to go Crosby, Melk, and Stahl down the middle. Lots of options. Intrigued to see how Woodcroft rolls them out when camp starts. I used to think the three centers was great. 
I wouldn't do it anymore. I would load up my top two and then have um, a tweener line. And then a, for me, if I was there, like a total check-in line is your fourth line. Load up the top two. That's what I would do. I I just, I don't think Nugent Hopkins um, is used properly as a number three center. I, you know, I think uh, I he could be, definitely fills a number three center role, but I think he has more skill. He's got to be better five on five, which I think he was last year, but he's got to have better, I think he should have better line mates. He's a, a skilled player that can check that I think should be in your second line. Just my opinion uh, when it comes to uh, the Edmonton Oilers and certainly fantasy owners want Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, on the second line as well. Uh, let's quickly revisit our question of the day. Who will Aaron Judge break the record against? Aaron Judge, after last night, has 57 home runs. That one's driven out in the right center field. On the run, Verdugo. That ball is gone. Home run number 56. And the game is tied at three. Harris. Number 57. High fly ball. Deep left field. There it goes. See ya. Number 57. Aaron Judge four away from Roger Maris. So the question is, when and against who will Judge break the record? Red Sox tonight, then three versus the Brewers starting Friday, two versus the Pirates on Tuesday, four versus the Red Sox starting Wednesday, three versus the Blue Jays the following Monday. I think it actually happens. He'll hit another one tonight, so he'll be at 58. And then he hits uh, four on the weekend. I think by Monday, we're talking about a new American League uh, single-season home run champion for the first time since Roger Maris hit 61. Question of the or our top three waiver wire pickups. Uh, I went with Matt Ryan at quarterback, 34% rostered. And for guys that locked Dak, lost Dak, this could help. Jarvis Landry, 50% rostered. The receiver has been a, a decent... Wide receiver two, wide receiver three, and Jeff Wilson Jr., 12% rostered. Uh, he becomes running back number two for the 49ers and most likely is uh, available in your league. Uh, take a look at quarterbacks for this week. Josh Allen of the Bills, according to CBS, is uh, looking to be the leader uh, when it comes to projections. 27.2 fantasy points. Mahomes at 25.4. Matt Stafford, 24.8. Jalen Hurts, one point behind at 23.8. And Russell Wilson, 23.4. Fantasy points this week, which starts tomorrow night, of course, uh, with the Chargers and the Chiefs. And bad news for the Chargers. Keenan Allen ruled out for Thursday night's game due to a hamstring injury. So make sure you're adjusting your fantasy lineups uh, to make sure Keenan Allen is not in your lineup this season. And a reminder, if you want to bet responsibly, I have a 125% bonus to use on sports betting at BetUS. Use my link to get this special offer. 
The link is in my bio at Duck Millard on Twitter. So head to at Duck Millard, click on the link, and get your 125% bonus. Fill in the blank today. If you don't blank, then are you really into fantasy or just having fun? If you don't have trade negotiations during Roger Waters, are you really into fantasy? And our other one, blank, is going to disappoint fantasy owners this year. I said Tom Brady. Tom Brady is going to disappoint fantasy owners this year. Just my opinion. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I just think at some point uh, there's going to be a step back uh, for Tom Brady. All right. What are we watching tonight? Well, like in a couple of hours, we're or actually not even a couple hours, in an hour, um, we get to see if Aaron Judge can hit 58. A couple of ball games already. Uh, Giants over the Braves 4-1 in the seventh. Mariners leading the Padres 3-0. That's not good news for Blue Jays fans. They're trying to catch the Mariners in that wild card spot. Toronto will take on Tampa Bay tonight. Ross Stripling, who was really good last outing, will take the bump. And Nestor Cortez, another good reason to watch the Yankees. And Aaron Judge taking on the Boston Red Sox. That starts at 7-10 Eastern time. That is certainly what I'll be checking out tonight for sure. Thank you so much for joining us on the program today. A big, massive thanks to Mark Pesek of the Detroit Red Wings. Awesome conversation. Uh, lost to Dylan Larkin this past week in fantasy. Was not chirped too bad, so that's good. And Tom Gazzola, best hair in media from the TSN 1260 uh, Don Wheaton on White post-game show and pre-game show on TSN 1260. Fun conversations with both of those guys, and I hope to do it again soon. We're going to do this show again tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. We'll talk to you again tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.